Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. You know success when you see it, or you think you do, the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Now, from our nation's capital, this is Bloomberg Sound On. My colleagues and I are strongly committed to bringing inflation back down. In tough times, it's when you need to be standing with your friends and your allies around the world. I've uh, just tested negative for COVID-19 after isolating for five days. Bloomberg Sound On. Politics, policy, and perspective. From D.C.'s top names. The yeas are 64, the nays are 33. This is a huge victory to get this chip back done. It's another bipartisan bill. There is a lot on the table after chips. Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. The Fed hikes rates amid new accusations that China is trying to infiltrate the central bank. Welcome to the fastest hour in politics. As a Senate report claims China's trying to get confidential info from the Fed. We'll talk about it with New York Congressman John Katko, ranking Republican on the House Homeland Security Committee, now preparing to vote on the CHIP Act. We'll get into that, too. Later, the Department of Justice now investigating Donald Trump and its criminal probe into attempts to overturn the 2020 election. We'll discuss implications for the Republican Party later this hour with Barbara Comstock, former congresswoman from Virginia. And we'll peel back the layers on all of these stories with our signature panel. Bloomberg Politics contributors Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano with us for analysis through the hour. Thanks for being with us on Bloomberg Sound On. Welcome to Wednesday. Good day for Joe Biden. Before we welcome Congressman Katko to the broadcast, I can tell you that the leader of the free world tested negative. I've uh, just tested negative for COVID-19 after isolating for five days. There he is, wearing the aviators in the sun in the Rose Garden, a late scheduled Little event there. They didn't even have time to put chairs out in the Rose Garden, if you want a little behind the scenes. But he looked like he got some color. Has he been napping on the uh, on the balcony? That's what I would do. Got the dog there. I mean, I know he's wearing the suit and the whole thing, but looked uh, looked like he was, he was back uh, into his own here. The doctor gave him the green light to end his strict isolation. But a message here as the White House tries to, to cast, as I read from Josh Wingrove on the terminal, cast... 
the president's bout with COVID as evidence of the strides made. There's still there's still stuff to worry about. BA5 means many of us are still going to get COVID, even if we take the precautions. That doesn't mean we are we're doing anything wrong. Unfortunately, this COVID is still with us, as it has been for two and a half years. But our fight against COVID is making a huge difference. What's different now is our ability to protect ourselves from serious illness. And he's calling on Congress again to provide funding to keep COVID vaccines and therapeutics available. Now, the Fed, the big story today, the rate hike, you heard all about it. We had special programming, 75 basis points, and the Fed drives the day with this news. But there may be more to be concerned about at the Fed than just inflation. As a senior Republican senator, Rob Portman of Ohio accuses China now of trying to obtain confidential information from the Fed. This is a big deal. Bloomberg leading the way on this story. Bloomberg Fed reporter Craig Torres is reporting China has, in fact, tried to glean insight into monetary policy and access to internal data. Can you imagine what that's worth? Senator Portman spoke with Bloomberg about the report. He appeared on Balance of Power with David Weston. I think that it's important that the Fed look at our recommendations, which is to tighten up further to avoid China getting access to the Fed. Information is very valuable, not just to China, but to investors all over the world, obviously. And so this is something where it has to be protected. Now, protected, okay. But there is also pushback inside the Fed. As Jay Powell, well, he's, what's the actual statement he got here? Strong concerns about assertions and implications. He's obviously trying to protect his people. Senator Portman was asked about that. This report is based on the Federal Reserve's own study, their own counterintelligence five-year study. It's also based on some FBI uh, reporting that, that we've had access to. So uh, to the extent it's being questioned, uh, I guess I would say that the Fed is questioning its own report. There's a lot in this report. We wanted to ask Congressman John Katko about it, among other issues. He's the ranking member on the House Homeland Security Committee. Congressman, welcome. It's great to have you back on Bloomberg Radio. Do we need to take a closer look at what China is doing or not with the Fed? Oh, absolutely. We need to take a closer look at what China is doing with everything. And uh, we cannot let our guard down. And anytime there's even a little bit of smoke, you can pretty much bet there's going to be fire. So anytime that we have any indications or concerns, we need to we need to evaluate them and, and look into them. And even if there's not, we've got to keep our guard up and make sure we're doing everything we possibly can, like with chip manufacturing and everything else. Yeah, this is quite a, a, a list of concerns here, including the Fed identifying. This is based on the Fed's own findings. Over a dozen persons of interest with connections to Chinese talent recruiters, Congressman, they've been dubbed the P Network. Why would the Fed chairman say there's nothing to see here, essentially? Well, you should never say there's nothing to see at the beginning. If there's, a, if there's even an allegation, it should be fully uh, looked into and vetted. For example, we, I, I saw a report this week that the Chinese were infiltrating in the police departments across the country trying to get intelligence. It's all about gathering intelligence and gathering access. And we gotta, um, we've got to keep our guard with all, all the subject matters and never discount the ability of the Chinese to infiltrate organizations in our country. Will the House Homeland Security Committee look into this? Um, but most likely, well, in many different uh, agencies will, or committees will, Intel, Foreign Affairs, they all will probably have a hand in taking a look at this, and we should, for yeah. sure. 
Well, apparently this uh, Senator Portman's uh, report came from a combination of, of the Fed's own internal investigation and work by the FBI. So somebody's investigating this. Now, I would just wonder if this should be a matter of business in the U.S. Congress. Well, listen, if, if the Fed's already, or FBI's already investigating, that's that's a good sign that they're, and the FBI is very adept to what's going on with China. But we, al- we always have a role with respect to oversight, and we need to exercise mm-hmm. that role. Uh, and and any time that China is involved. Was today's CHIPS bill passing the Senate, and I understand it's going to move quickly through the House, the first step in fighting back against China? No, I tell you what, it's a, it's a very, very big step because, uh, uh, you know, the cold hard reality is that if China decides to go into Taiwan tomorrow, uh, they will have control of 90% of the high-end chip market in the world. And so what does that mean? That means that uh, our missile defense systems, our missile systems, our our high, high uh, tech vehicles all across the country, from tractors to cars to all kinds of uh, items, would be uh, uh, beholden to the Chinese. So we have to get this bill passed uh, from a strategic standpoint, and it's a very, very important step. I'm sure you're looking at this as a national security issue as much as anything else. The White House has been talking a lot about that side of it lately, not just bringing consumer prices lower, even though that's apparently a pretty long-term story here. But what do you hearing congressman about is is the house prepared to vote on this in the next two days oh yeah i think we're going to be having a vote on it tomorrow and i'm excited to cast a vote enthusiastically yes um there's a lot of nonsense going on about this bill that's just not true one of them hmm. for example is the uh uh the whole question about uh the, it, it got larded up with a bunch of other things well actually it didn't the chips act is 52 billion dollars or so for computer chip manufacturing incentivizing in the united states plus uh, an additional component for income tax credits over a period of five years. Yeah, that pales in comparison to the investment that will be made in the bill going forward. There's other parts of the bill that have nothing to do with chips. It has to do with reauthorizing National Science Foundation and incentivizing high tech manufacturing in other fields. So mm-hmm. um, the, the chip side of it is is lean, mean, and it's going to be great. Fifty-two billion dollars here. Do you need guardrails, or are there guardrails on that money so they don't go back to other countries? There's definitely guardrails in there, and that's another misnomer. A lot of guardrails making sure that stuff doesn't go back to China. But if you think about it this way, that $52 billion, if that passes, it will spawn easily, by any, any estimate whatsoever, easily $300 billion and probably exponentially more in investments by chip manufacturers in the U.S. So you get a six-fold return on your money immediately before you factor in all the spinoff businesses, before you factor in the salaries of the employees and everything else, and the average salary – yeah. So these jobs are about 160,000, and you're talking about hundreds of thousands of jobs across the country. So this is something, from an economic standpoint, it makes sense. But from a national uh, security standpoint, it's an imperative. As I talk to you from your perch uh, as ranking member of Homeland Security, uh, I want to ask you about this matter involving Secret Service tax. Senator Gary Peters, who chairs Homeland uh, in his chamber, uh, tells Bloomberg today he's aggressively seeking answers on, on missing texts from January 6th and may hold hearings. Would you support a move like that in the House committee? Yeah, absolutely. Look, at, don't forget, I'm an old-time prosecutor. I was a federal prosecutor for 20 years, and yes, I did organized crime cases. And so for me, when evidence disappears after an investigation has commenced, that is highly, highly suspicious and highly troubling. It's either a massive um, mistake on, on, uh, on uh, Secret Service's part, or there's something else going on. But either way, mm. we have a duty from an oversight perspective to look into this, and I'm glad we are going to do that.
Are you heartened by news that the DOJ is is looking into Donald Trump as part of its criminal investigation now? They suddenly seem to be talking to everybody. Look, at I mean, the, the allegations that have popped up, they have to look and they have to chase them down. Whatever comes to them, we'll see. Um, you know, don't forget, the, 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 the uh, January 6th commission is not um, balanced with uh, Democrats and Republicans. So are we hearing only the bad stuff? Is there exculpatory stuff we're not aware of? That's the type of stuff we need to find out. And I think an investigation by the Department of Justice would at least uh, give us a more balanced view of what's going on. And I think that's important. Congressman John Katko, Republican from New York, the 24th District. Greetings to Syracuse, and thank you for being with us. Representative Katko back on the program. Ranking member on House Homeland Security and some interesting insights on all of these stories that we'll throw to the panel next. Rick and Jeannie are with us for the hour. Bloomberg Politics contributors with much more on chips and China and what's going on at the Federal Reserve. We did get an interest rate hike today, and the White House is sending big messaging ahead of GDP tomorrow. More ahead on the fastest hour in politics. This is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. We've been talking about the CHIP Act now for 18 months. I've been saying over a year. I actually looked at that today. 18 months in the making. So I guess we can call it history being made. The yeas are 64, the nays are 33, and the motion to concur with an amendment is agreed to. There it goes to the House. A big day for Senator Chuck Schumer. We could say let corporate America do it on its own, but it's a brand new world with nation states trying to overcome us, and many of them are authoritarian and will set the rules if they become the leaders 
in, in science, technology, innovation, and advanced manufacturing. Bloomberg reporting. Legislation now heads to the House for passage likely this week. You just heard from Congressman Katko. He says tomorrow, $52 billion grants incentives for U.S. semiconductor manufacturing. 64-33 the vote, as we heard there from Congressman Don Beyer. No stranger to this program. Let's assemble the panel. Because this is just one of the issues we talked about there with the congressman, and we have news as well, dare I say it, on reconciliation. Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano, Bloomberg Politics contributors, are with us. Uh, Jeannie, uh, so big win, I guess. Everyone agrees. We talked about it. You know, we have been since we're blue in the face. I feel like I should send flowers to Gina Romando. She must be having a party tonight. Now she can get on to something else. Uh, but there's news that Joe Manchin is on board and has reached a deal with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer on a bill that includes, this is that stripped-down, uh, build-back-better thing. There's a new name for it now. What was it here? I have to go back and find this. Here we go. Ready? The Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. Does it get done, Jeannie? Wow, you're just blowing my mind. First of all, yeah. the constant name changes. Imagine if you change your child's name this <laughs> right. much, and and now Joe Manchin on board. You know, How about um, it? You, you know, I I think it would have been hard for you know, and again, I'll believe it when I see the vote. But I do think it would have been hard for Joe Manchin to vote against this very very stripped down reconciliation bill because it is deflationary, and and that's one of the arguments that's been made. So. I, in one, on the one hand, I'm not surprised that he's going on board. And on the other hand, it's Joe Manchin. So we've got to wait until we actually get a vote. I didn't think we'd be talking about this uh, today, Rick. We know that we knew Joe Manchin had COVID. I guess he's been on the phone or been on Zoom with Chuck Schumer for a while. He just issued a statement saying the Inflation Reduction Act, how do they come up with it? We'll address record inflation by paying down our national debt. There are three of them here, lowering energy costs and lowering health care costs. Are they actually going to do this in the next week and a half? Yeah, they've got the ability to do it. That's a party line vote. You don't expect any Republicans to sort of bail on this or yeah. get on this. But uh, look, they, they took the title right off the top of the polls. I mean, you know, like <laughs> yeah. most people are concerned about inflation, so they're going to call it that. And, uh, and, and I'm not exactly sure what impact it's going to have on inflation. But the fact that they can get a deal with, with Joe Manchin in the 11th hour, right before summer recess, uh -huh. um, you know, kudos to Schumer for, you know, sort of standing up. You know, his, his leadership of the Senate has been really in question. Um, and, and, you know, if he can pull this off, it, it, it'd be an 11th hour home run. Hmm. Well, uh, John Cornyn's not impressed. We just got a statement from the Republican from Texas who's actually he was celebrating the chip back passing. Uh, Jeannie, he's he name checks Joe Manchin, says he flip flopped. Senate Democrats can change the name of build back broke as many times as they want. It won't be any less devastating to American families and small businesses. That doesn't sound like something that lowers prices, Jeannie. No, it, it doesn't sound like it. I'm not surprised. But to, to Rick's point, this is a win for Chuck Schumer. It's a good day to be Chuck Schumer. Or it's a good day for Chuck Schumer. Um, you know, he's had a rough time. But if he's able to get both of these, and again, this is very, very par pared down from what it was. Yeah. And so I do think it is accurately named. You know, I, I don't know. IRA might not be the best acronym, but deflationary Duh. is, you know, and I, I don't know what the exact name is, but you said Inflation Reduction Act. So yeah, you got it. IRA, so. It's already burning into your brain. <laughs> it is. I got it. I got it, Joe. But I do think the deflationary aspect of this is critically important at this time, and it makes sense for the Democrats. And if they get it through the parliamentarian, which it sounds like they will, yeah. they can move this to the House. I think.
think they can get it done before break. This is a long statement. From I'm, just, I'm still scrolling here. How many paragraphs do we have here? The last graph, Rick. From here forward, the debate over a future reconciliation bill or any targeted legislation must focus on supporting the everyday hardworking Americans we've been elected to serve. Is he is he worried about blowback here on uh, at least uh, here in Washington, if not at home? Yeah, there might be some blowback. I mean, you know, he's really staked out this position of being sort of the conscience of the Senate. Uh, he's not going to let anything bad go through. Um, you know, he's going to have this uh, uh, revenue raiser. Uh, he's going to go, you know, raise taxes on billionaires. And, and, and that could be an interesting sell back home about, you know, raising taxes in an election year. But, um, you know, look, he's riding high. I mean, he'll be able to sell this pretty hard. He's going to walk out of the Senate yeah. for recess with a, a couple of big victories. The CHIP Act is something he was backing to. I do think the timing of this, I mean, like within the hour after the CHIP Act passes. Isn't that something? And, Mc, and McConnell was going to hold it up to stop reconciliation. Right. Bang, they announced a deal on reconciliation. So it's uh, there's going to be a <laughs> lot of sort of twisting of the gears this week in Capitol Hill. But, How true. Uh, you know, Schumer maybe have gotten one up on uh, Mitch McConnell this week. The fascinating turn of events here. I didn't think we'd be talking about it today, and we're going to have to talk about it with Barbara Comstock coming up as well. Our panel stays in place. Rick and Jeannie are here. Barbara Comstock, former Virginia congresswoman, will join us next with a lot to cover here. Uh, now, reconciliation apparently back on track. And an enormous amount of news should I say leaking from the DOJ? We'll have more on that on the January 6th investigation. This is Bloomberg. It's getting bigger, the DOJ's probe into January 6th. As we already knew, Mark Short had testified. He confirmed that to ABC News just the other day. Of course, Mike Pence's former chief of staff. I was subpoenaed by a grand jury and I complied with that uh, subpoena, but upon the advice of my legal counsel, I really can't comment further than that. Now we learn as well today, Cassidy Hutchinson, of course, the former top advisor uh, to Mark Meadows, also recently cooperated with the DOJ's investigation into the events of January 6th. And we wake up to news this morning from page news, Washington Post's Justice Department investigating Trump's actions in Jan 6 criminal probe. They'll be looking specifically at his actions that day as prosecutors question witnesses before a grand jury. And it's very interesting to consider where this all might be going. We have a lot to talk about, starting with this issue, as we're joined by Barbara Comstock, former Virginia Congresswoman Republican. It's great to have you back with us. It's been a long time, uh, Barbara. What do you make of this initially, this news that DOJ is not only quietly working behind the scenes here as the committee gets a lot of attention, but it's actually looking at the former president himself and his actions that day. Well, I think it's very significant and it's not surprising given the very significant information that has already been public, but also the expected investigation that they've been doing and, and all of the information we've we know about uh, you know the public testimony that uh, Donald Trump's own um, Justice Department said about how he was trying to get them to say that there was fraud in the election when they, of course, knew there wasn't, and they told him there wasn't. He was trying to get them to overturn an election when they said they couldn't. Now we know there were all these efforts to, uh, you know, say they you know, have these fake electors, and now we have this memo that says, you know, well, let's just say there are fake electors and try and get yeah. Mike Pence to do them. All the pressure on Mike Pence, which is why you have Mike Pence's staff testify 
grand jury. And then that 187 minutes on January 6th, where we know, um, really see the criminal intent of Donald Trump, where not only did he fail to act, yeah. but he chose not to act. Um, very intentionally, and now we know his claims that he sa- he you know he sent the National Guard. We know those claims are false. Well, so are you actually thinking that we're in a world here? Things. Sorry to interrupt, Barbara. Where where Merrick sure. Garland says no, we're going to criminally charge a former president. This is actually going to happen. Well, I think he's made very clear that it doesn't matter who it is if there is criminal conduct that he is going to take it to its logical extension. Yeah. So, what so charge do, do you have in your mind? That's well, worth pursuing. I think pursuing. the charges that have been uh, mentioned by the prosecutors who've looked at this very seriously, you know, uh, are, are things like conspiracy to defraud the U.S., uh, as well as conspiracy to proceedings. So conspiracy to defraud the U.S. by, you know, putting out their fraudulent electors, you know, sending fraudulent electors um, out there trying to get Mike to, you know, put fraudulent electors forward and having Mm -hmm. that conspiracy to do that, where he was very directly involved from what we can tell. And then conspiracy to obstruct the proceedings by people who he knew were armed up to the Capitol that he himself wanted to go but was stopped, but then also not stopping that mob, because we now know that it was Pence and General Milley who stopped it. And Donald Trump only made that statement to go home yeah. After he knew that Pence and Millie were sending the guard to, you know, make them go home whether they want or not. Yeah, we've had a lot of uh, revelations over the past couple of weeks. Uh, as we spend time with Barbara Comstock, former Virginia congresswoman, I want to pull you back to an event yesterday while you're still with us, Barbara. And that was, uh, I won't say the dueling speeches in this case, but Mike Pence's speech and his choice of language as he spoke to uh, a conservative youth crowd here in Washington, D.C., and was asked about his division with Donald Trump. Here's what he said. I don't don't know that the president and I differ on issues, but we may differ on focus. I I truly do believe that elections are about the future and that it's absolutely essential at a time when so many Americans are hurting, so many families are struggling, that we don't give way to the temptation to look back. We differ on focus was his choice of words. I was fascinated by that. I'm, I'm assuming that was a line that tested well. Uh, Barbara, did we see the two alternatives, the two paths for the Republican Party on display yesterday? Well, the problem is, is they differ on democracy. You know, on January 6th, uh, Mike Pence did stand up for democracy and wouldn't do take illegal action. So credit him for not, you know, for doing his job and not, Doing something illegal that Donald Trump did very much pressure him to do and send a mob to try and get him to do. Um, so I think, uh, Mike Pence may well be asked to testify before a grand jury himself because there are actions like, you know, the phone call that Donald Trump made to him that morning. Yeah. You know, the numerous threats that he was making to him both publicly and privately and, and asking him to do, you know, hey, wouldn't it be cool if you could do this just by yourself? You should do it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he may need to test. It's more than a difference of opinion. It's not, hey, what should the tax rate be? Donald Trump was asking him to do illegal <laughs> things. So I don't think it's about the future of the party. You cannot yeah. be pro-democracy and pro-Trump and pro-insurrection. Uh, it's 
It's uh, it's a as Joe simple. Biden He's, said. You just quoted the president right there. Uh, Barbara, thank you. Come back and see was, us. Yes, go ahead. Last I, last word. I, I was going to with one other yet to be reported um, <laughs> speech that was made yesterday by Bill Barr at the Capitol Hill Club. I don't. Think oh yeah. But he spoke at the Capitol Hill Club in front of 450 people. I think a couple of members of Congress were there, where he very much said, "We cannot Donald Trump as our nominee." Well, so again, we've heard that from him Bill as well. Saying that, yeah. and he uh, re-emphasized, that, and I think very friendly. Of Barbara Comstock, come back and see us. We'll call the phone company between now and then. Former Virginia Congresswoman, great to share insights with Barbara when we can here on the fastest hour in politics. We've got new headlines. On Joe Manchin and reconciliation, we'll reassemble the panel next. I'm Joe Matthew. This is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. Brought to you by the letter R. Reconciliation is back on the table, almost like that last year never happened with the headline on the terminal. Mansion pivots back to climate tax provisions sought by Biden. If you were with us earlier in the hour, you already know that Joe Manchin has agreed to a deal with Chuck Schumer. And we've got a number now here, $369 billion. This was Build Back Better Light. There's a new name for it, as we discussed earlier with the panel. The Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. Eric Wasson is with us, Bloomberg Congress reporter who's uh, sharing the byline on the story. Eric, I don't know if you saw this coming, but things seem to be happening awfully quickly uh, uh, at this point. Give us some of the fine print inside this deal as we run a couple of headlines here that are awfully important, uh, including closing the carried interest loophole. Right. So, yes, it looks like it's about $739 billion in revenue. The main piece here is a 15% corporate minimum tax on corporations over one. 
uh, billion dollars in value. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a tweak from earlier proposal. We're also looking at the clarity interest loophole, which is about $14 billion. And a lot of uh, tax enforcement. Uh, this is a informal estimate of $124 billion that you could get by it boosting the IRS budget by $80 billion. Those are the, you know, the main revenue pieces. And the main spending, as you mentioned, is $369 billion on climate and energy provisions, uh, you know, and then looking at $300 billion in deficit reduction. So Amazing. this is a, a pivot from, from it. I have to say, it's really a masterstroke for Chuck Schumer, because yeah. if you guys remember, Mitch McConnell, the minority leader, said he would not allow this chips bill to go forward right. to get a final vote as long as they're talking about reversing the Trump tax cuts or doing you know, any kind of tax increases, moments, I mean, we're talking about it's a matter of hours after the chips bill passed, out comes this uh, deal between Manchin and Schumer to do just that. So they really have rolled the McC- McConnell, and normally McConnell's the one credit as being the legislative uh, yeah, right. genius. Uh, I so suspect he'll be in a really good mood when he speaks tomorrow morning. Right. So you're, you're reporting that this actually could, be, uh, could get done before the August recess. They could vote on this as soon as next week in the Senate. That's right. Now, there's a couple of things that here. One, they have, they have to scrub it to make sure it complies with the Senate rules. It's got to be yeah. kosher with the budget rules to pass. And also, they've had a slew of illnesses. Manchin, in fact, uh, is ill with COVID this week right, as he's yeah. negotiating this big deal. Uh, you know, uh, Leahy, uh, you know, is Vermont Center is in the hospital with hip, hip surgery. So, you know, there are variables here, but this is a major turning point. Uh, we're trying to nail down that everyone's on board with carried interest. Kirsten Cinema has been opposing uh, that as a tax increase before. So we're not sure the exact status of all these uh, with all the members. Well, are we making too much of this without knowing where she is on this, Eric? No, because Manchin has always been the major holdup. So I think I think we're not making too much of it. Uh, and I think, you know, that's only $14 billion out of that they could take it out and the whole thing doesn't collapse. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, so we're working on it, but I think uh, this, is a, this is a major step forward for Biden's agenda. Boy. Presumably, I was talking to somebody in the House uh, who's close to the Democratic leadership and said they might come back just for a day uh, to get this done. Is that necessary? Oh, well, the House will have to come back. Uh, I think they're going to come back. As opposed August, to waiting until September or whatever, I mean. Yeah, that, they do want to do that. They also really want to uh, try to pass an assault weapons ban, uh, and the math gets harder for them after a Minnesota special election. So mm-hmm. I think that they're going to, they're, they're really planning to come back the 8th or 9th of, of August. Uh, you know, again, the hope uh, for them, the hope of the Senate will be, we'll be done with that for that plan to work. Uh, of course, you know, Republicans wish none of this will happen. So we'll see how it plays out. When does this uh, go public in in terms of, you know, an event where we've got the, the podium and they'll, what are they going to set up outside on the steps and hold a rally tomorrow? How does how does Chuck Schumer get some energy under this? Well, you know, I think there's still a lot to do with it, with it behind the scenes with the Senate parliamentarians. So they announced they're going to bring the text out with a more fulsome summary. We'll be able okay. to see key questions like where the electric vehicle tax credit is in or not. Uh, there's a lot of details we don't have right now. We're when do we see a bill? Uh, well, you know, the text is supposed to go to the to the rules official tonight. We're hoping it'll be made public tonight as well. Wow. Oh, man, I hope you're not up all night, but we really appreciate your reporting and jumping on with us as this breaks. Eric Wasson, thanks for the insights today. Bloomberg sound on as we reassemble our panel. Rick and Jeannie were talking about this with us earlier, but we've learned a lot since then as this comes to life this hour here uh, before our eyes on Bloomberg Radio. What do you think of some of these details here, Rick? A 15% corporate minimum tax that was not part of the Republican agenda, certainly. It could be undone then through reconciliation as well. Uh, it can be undone. But this is the problem with reconciliation, right? It's not a budget authority. It goes uh, to the next majority who can just undo all of this. And yeah. 
And that includes, you know, not just the revenue raisers, but the spending, you know, for things like the subsidies for the ACA um, uh, payments. But uh, I would say, you know, this has got a glide path. I mean, even though the parliamentarian has to rule, it's likely the only thing in this package that I can tell that would be vulnerable to her rule you know, would be the drug price reductions, and that's just if they exceed inflation. So uh, there's there's probably a workaround on all of this to make it uh, kosher for the parliamentarian to get a vote right quick. Boy, we started talking earlier about a win on the CHIP Act. Jeannie, what would you call this for Joe Biden? This would be an enormous win, and not just for Joe Biden. It's a big victory for what I call the purple Dems, those Democrats who have to go to these moderate districts with a president with approval ratings in the 30s have been looking for something to take home. I don't think they ever suspected they would get both chips and reconciliation. And let's be, be clear, lowering prescription drug prices is critical for Americans and particularly has been really a boon for Democrats if you look back at the last midterm. That said, I think we have to be clear. I agree with Rick. This probably moves through the parliamentarian, probably moves through the Senate. But I have to tell you, living in New York, the fact that Joe Manchin has said he won't go along with assault cap expansion and the House Dems only have three vote majority there, mm. it's going to be tight in the House. I don't know if Democrats will you know, peel off from my area, Menendez and others who really, really need that for these areas of New Jersey, New York, California. But that's a big question in my mind as you move to the House. That's pretty interesting. Uh, so <laughs> who do you offend more in this case if you're Joe Biden, Rick? You gonna, are you going to offend the progressives because this is this is just a shadow of the original Build Back Better agenda? Or, or is it the moderates you're going to blow out with without the salt component? Yeah, I think, you know, this is all about the Green Party, the money. Uh, I don't think it really has much to do with the, the, the progressives and their priorities versus the moderates. I, I think they want to spend a trillion dollars, right? I mean, that's, huh. that's pretty much all they talk about is how do we spend another trillion dollars? And we'll, we'll let the policy sort of work its way out. And, and sure, they're going to be unhappy Democrats. But could you imagine the scenario where this passes in the Senate yeah. and, you know, everybody's got this energy around these high priorities for Democratic voters especially – and the, and the House of Representatives pitches a fit and says, no, we're not going to do this. We're going to deny <laughs> this administration a trillion dollar spending bill, you know, three or four months before the, the election. I mean, you know, all, I, I, I think we've seen some pretty strange stuff in the last year. We have. That would certainly take the cake. But the, your, to your point, though, the timing here has a lot to do with the success on the verge of the August recess, gives members a chance to go home take credit for it, take the victory lap, do town halls. And then once they come back, this is all codified and it's time to to really campaign for midterm elections. This might not have happened the same way at a different time, Jeannie. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. And, and, you know, what a blow to Mitch McConnell. The fact that he said, you know, if you try to go with both chips and reconciliation, it's a no-go for Manchin and Schumer to pull this off. And Mitch McConnell is a master of the Senate. For them to pull this off, if they indeed do, which it looks like they will, I think Mitch McConnell is going to be steaming mad. But I would say, looking at Manchin's statement, you know, where he says about the tax code shouldn't favor red state, blue state elites with loopholes like salt, that Mm -hmm. is going to rub very, very hard against some of the Dems in these blue states, I yeah. have to say. That's a tough statement. Spoken on like part. a New Yorker, I'll tell you. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I, it, it kills me this No, <laughs> I, I get it. But so what do we make of the, of the, the, can I call it a flip-flop? Should I, Rick? Remember, it was C in September. We need another inflation report. So on the same day, the Fed hikes another 75 basis points. All of a sudden, Joe Manchin is good with this. What, what changed? 
Yeah, it was widely reported, Joe, as you point out, that Joe Manchin said he wasn't going to be do- before this. And and a lot of reporting said that he told that directly to Mitch McConnell, which allowed the CHIP Act to move forward. Right. Uh, <laughs> and so, I mean, you know, maybe there was something lost in translation. You know, these guys from uh, West Virginia talk funny every now and then. Yeah, you oh can't boy. really understood a yes from a no. Now, now you're sounding like a guy from Alabama. All right, exactly. so tomorrow, uh, we've got a tough one at 8.30 tomorrow morning. Um, GDP. We talked about this at the beginning of the week. The White House uh, accused of trying to redefine recession because it looks like we're going to have two negative numbers in a row here, two consecutive quarters. We, we Look, we heard from Mike McKee this week. We heard from Mark Zandi. They said, no, Joe, it's more complicated than that. And Corrine Jean-Pierre was defending herself again on this issue today in the briefing. The textbook definition of recession is not, is not two negative quarters of GDP. We have a strong labor market. We have business that's investing. We have consumers uh, that are also uh, very much, uh, you know, in, in investing and, and purchasing. That is incredibly important. We have 3.6 unemployment. You do not see that in a pre-recession, and you do not see that in a recession. President, uh, gosh, forget the president, Jay Powell. Powell today said he doesn't think we're in a recession. How hard is this going to hit tomorrow morning, Rick? Oh, I think uh, everybody's talking about why this is not a recession. I think yeah. the voters, the only thing they're hearing is we're going into a recession. Yeah. So whether it's uh, declared a recession because of these GDP numbers or not, I think most people in America have been listening to this debate. They care about the future of the economy. And all they're really hearing is that yep. we're likely going to a recession. Is that the takeaway tomorrow, Jeannie? It might be, but imagine, Joe Matthew, if the GDP is positive tomorrow on the face <laughs> of this news with chips in reconciliation. Wow. What a day for Biden and the Democrats if that happens. Listen to you. Somebody's buying a lottery ticket tonight. Jeannie and Rick will do it again tomorrow on the fastest hour in politics. Great conversation with breaking news to boot. I'm Joe Matthew, and this is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Success. It's discipline. It's teamwork. It's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest growing global wealth management and investment banking firms in the industry. Stiefel. It's where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.